Well, as we mentioned, it is Christmas season. It's the month when we celebrate the birth of God's Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. So for the next few weeks, um, we've kind of decided we want to have a very simple theme. And the simple theme is Christmas is. And then we're going to use Sundays to fill in that blank. Christmas is what? This week at our staff meeting, I asked some of the staff members the question. Christmas is blank. Fill in the blank. I love the responses of people. Some of the responses were you know, kind of normal, what you expect. Some were a little bit different. But it was interesting to hear people's take on Christmas and the Christmas season. Today, I want to talk about Christmas is light. L-I-G-H-T. Christmas is light. Now, if I were to ask all of you, what is Christmas? Somebody would say, well, Christmas is light because it ties in with the Christmas story. But what does that really mean? Christmas is light. Well, first of all, let me ask you a question today. Can you imagine what our world would be like if there was no light? Just think for a moment. No light whatsoever. Can you imagine what the world would be like? Can you imagine no sun, no moon, no stars, No flashlights, no electricity and light bulbs. Can you imagine our world with no light, just physical darkness? Can you imagine what it would be like trying to navigate life in a totally darkened physical world? Several years ago, I was on a missions trip and uh, we were doing men's conferences in North India and then over into Nepal. And on that particular year, we decided to go to a smaller area in northern Nepal that was asking for a men's conference, Christian men's conference. So we went and did a conference, and to get there, it was really pretty interesting. We got there uh, in, into that area late in the day, and we're in the foothills of the Himalayas. So we're at fairly high elevation. We're going higher and higher and higher. The higher you go, the worse the roads get. And I didn't know what to expect, but it became dark. The sun went down. We're in the foothills of the Himalayas. Those huge mountains are just off in the distance. And we drove the last probably mile or two, and it probably took us close to an hour to drive that last distance. The road got so bad. It was so rocky and so rough. It was tough to navigate. So in our four-wheel drive vehicle, we just kind of crept along for the last hour, and it got so monotonous. And then we arrived in this little town, and it was like going back in time to arrive there. If you've ever been into the foothills of the Himalayas in Nepal, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, it was an adventure. We got to the hotel. It was old, but it was the best thing they had in town. There was no heat And it was in the fall, and it got really cold at night, and there was no heat in the room, so you had like nine blankets trying to keep you warm. But it was really interesting because on the the next evening, we started the men's conference, and we had evening services. After the services, the pastor asked us to come to his house, so we went over to the pastor's house, and because the roads were so bad and it was night, we walked. 
So we walked close to a mile, I guess, to get to where we were going. And when we got to the home, he actually took us over into the little church building, another church building. We finished up, and then we decided we're going to go back to the hotel. So we had to walk that mile or so back to the hotel. But one of the guys who was from the village said, well, here, I'll show you the shortcut. So in these hilly, mountainous villages where we were, we started cutting down hills, making paths where there were no paths, walking down a road that was so full of rocks you could barely navigate it. And so finally one of the guys had a bright idea. We don't get any phone service here, but we can at least kick our flashlights on. So we kicked our flashlights on, and it got a little easier, but we're walking down these, whole, these uh, hills with huge rocks trying to make our way. It was tough. And I'm thinking, why didn't we just drive the car up here and take the roads? I mean, it was so dangerous where we were walking. Well, we got back. The next day, when light came, things were different. But let me just ask you to pause for a moment. Can you imagine life, trying to navigate physical life with no light, only darkness, You see, God knew that intelligent physical beings created in his image could not thrive or even survive in a dark, cold world. So at creation as we understand it, Genesis chapter 1, when God began to create, Scripture says that darkness covered the face of the deep. There was just water. And when God began to create, the first thing he did, his spirit began to move across the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light. And boom, there was light. And it says in Genesis 1 that God separated the light and the darkness. How many of you know light and darkness don't dwell together? Light overcomes the darkness. And that's what we're going to talk about today. When God created physically, the first thing he did was he created light. But think about our world today. Think about life in the world we're living in. Can you imagine what our world would be like if Jesus had never come into this world? Think about it. Can you imagine a world living in total spiritual darkness? Can you imagine a world where the concept of one God who is creator and ruler of the universe would have been relegated to a Jewish religion that would have never touched and changed the world because it was basically a nationalized religion? Imagine living in that world where there's no sense of God and no effects of godliness in that world. Imagine all of the influences of God and Jesus and faith, all that it's produced. Imagine the world without God, without faith. Imagine an existence with no hope. Imagine a world with no churches, no people of faith, no hope beyond a cold, dark, meaningless life and a cold, dark grave. Imagine that world. Imagine a world without a a moral base of right and wrong. And then imagine being left in that cold, dark world with no help in navigating the many challenges of life in the darkness. That would be our world without Jesus. 
But Jesus has come. You see, God also knew that spiritual beings could not exist in a cold, dark world without spiritual light. So he sent Jesus, his son, his word, his message to bring light to our world. Next few minutes, I want to give you three thoughts about Christmas, Jesus, and light. Number one, we're going to look at John chapter one, the gospel of John chapter one. We'll have the verses on the screen. Let's read along together. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning was the word or was God's message, was God's voice, was God speaking, sharing his intentions and his thoughts. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So God proclaimed in his words, here's who I am, here's what I am, here's what I will do. Verse 2, it says he was in the beginning with God. So all of a sudden, word of God becomes the he of God, becomes a person. It's speaking of Jesus. You see, it's interesting in John's gospel, you know, three of the gospels share the birth of Jesus. In John's gospel, he really gives us the theology, if you will, of Christ's coming. Into a dark world, God sent a message, a word. He sent his son. Verse 3, all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. So in other words, at the very beginning in Genesis 1, when God said, let there be light, Jesus was there. He was the word of God. One theologian said it this way, God the Father thought it, God the Son spoke it, And God the Spirit that was hovering over the face of waters performed the word of God and the thoughts, the message of God. But then look at verse 4. In him, in Christ, in this word, in him was life and the life was the light of men. When it says the light of men, it means the understanding, the clarity to what life is and what life is all about. It existed in Christ. The understanding of what life's supposed to be. It's found in Christ. Verse 5. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. A better translation of that word comprehend is the word overcome. The darkness could not stop the light that came with Jesus. It tried, but the light invaded the darkness and exposed what was hidden in the darkness. And finally, we look at verse number nine, if you would. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. So what do we see here? In a spiritually dark world, Jesus comes to bring us light. The first thing I want to talk about for a few minutes is Jesus came to bring light into our lives. He came to bring light and understanding and clarity into our world. What happens in the dark? Think about it for a minute. Where there is no light, what happens in the dark? Well, accidents happen in the dark. Did you ever get up in the night and stub your toe on the corner of the bed? Did you ever get up in the night and step on your kids' toys? Or this week, your grandkids' toys. (laughs) Things happen in the dark because 
It's just not clear what's going on around you. What else happens in the dark? Injuries. Can you imagine driving the freeways with no lights and no headlights on cars? It's dangerous enough as it is, but can you imagine? You see, what happens in the dark is disorder. Because we don't have clarity. We don't understand what life is about. We don't understand what's going on around us. And things happen that are not planned and they bring disorder into our lives. But what do you do when you get up in the night? Well, that night when you hear a noise in the house, you sit up in bed and you listen, you hear it again. And your wife says, here, you get up and check it. I'm just kidding. What, what, what do you do? You get up. What's the first thing you do when you get up in the night? You turn the light on. What happens in the light? Intentional things happen in the light. Clarity comes in the light. You see what you're dealing with and what you need to do and what the noise is and how you fix it. When the light comes, you have understanding of how you navigate each and every situation of life. It's, it's also true spiritually. When the light comes, you begin to understand how to navigate life. To a world in spiritual darkness, the, promise, the prophets promised light is coming. Light is coming. Zacharias spoke of it in Luke chapter 1. Simeon spoke of it and said, oh yes, it's even coming to the Gentiles, not just to the Jewish nation. Light's coming to everybody. Isaiah talked about it. He said, people who sit in darkness will see a great light. And it was fulfilled in the ministry of Jesus. But I also want to look today at John chapter 8. All the verses we're going to look at today are either in John's gospel or one of John's epistles. But in John chapter 8, I want you to notice, and I want to put it in context so you get it. John chapter 8. They bring this woman to Jesus. Her life is a mess. She's been taken in adultery. Yeah, she was probably tricked and trapped, but nevertheless, she's taken in the act of adultery. She's brought to Jesus, probably naked and thrown down in the dirt at his feet like a piece of trash. And they say, Moses' law says we should kill her. Let's stone her right now. What do you say? The whole scene was to just find fault with Jesus. And Jesus says, okay. He didn't just see sin. He saw a hurt, broken, confused woman. He stooped down, began to write in the dirt and said, okay, let's stone her. But let the one without sin throw the first stone. And as he wrote in the dirt, people began to walk away until no one was left but Jesus and the woman. Then Jesus turns to the woman and says, woman, lift up your head. Look around. Where are your accusers? She says, they're all gone. Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. Go sin no more see jesus brings light and says look here's the situation you deserve sin according to the law of moses you should die but even though i'm the only one without sin i do not accuse you but instead i bring light to you that will lead you into a better life turn from this life and sin no more now in context that statement is found in verse 11 of john 8 look at verse 12 Then Jesus spoke to them again. After dealing with this woman and after running everybody off, then Jesus gathers them back, speaks again and says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. 
Can I just paraphrase that? I don't think it changes the meaning a bit. It's not sacrilegious to do this. Jesus said, he who receives me has light for every moment of life. I'll show you the way forward from where you are. You see, light is powerful because light exposes what has been hidden in the darkness. And light and darkness cannot coexist. They can't cooperate together. 2 Corinthians 6 gives us that principle. There's no fellowship. There's no agreement. There's no cooperation between light and darkness. They're two opposites. When God created in Genesis 1, he separated. He divided light and darkness. And when Jesus comes into our world, he comes in to separate us from the things that happen in the dark, the things that are, are shameful, the things that we'd like to forget about, the things that hurt us. Jesus steps in and shines his light and says, here, I want to lead you into a light that removes you from all of that. And Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. I'm the light of the world. In the same way that God forgave, for so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. In the same way he loved all of us, he loves each of us. In the same way he gave light to all of us, but he also wants to give light to each of us individually for our own lives. Jesus is the light of the world. And when we have Jesus, we have the light of God for our lives. Every moment of every day. Because number one, Jesus came to bring light into our lives and into our world. But then number two, Jesus also came to bring order into our lives. You know, if you run through life in the darkness, physical darkness, it's going to be chaos. I mentioned the freeways. Just getting around in our world with no light would be chaotic. But that's how a lot of people live spiritually. Their lives are a mess. They're in shambles. They're confused. They don't know what to do. And they just keep running deeper and deeper into the darkness. But Jesus came to bring light and order into our lives. First John, the first epistle of John, chapter 1, I want to read to you, beginning at verse 5. The same John wrote these words. This is the message which we have heard from him. And we declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Let that sink in for just a minute. Does anybody ever get confused about what's going on in life? One, two, three. As Romans 12 says, some of us think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. Everybody gets confused sometimes about exactly what's happening in life. Have you ever faced a decision and you weren't sure what to do? Jesus came to bring clarity and order to the decisions that we make in life. This is the message which we've heard from him. We declare to you, God is light and in God there's no darkness. You see, sometimes our world brings darkness, but if we will turn to God, he will shed light on the darkness and make things clear so we can have order in our lives. I'll tell you something. You make decisions in the dark and you may make poor decisions. See, how do you know that? Because I've made some stupid decisions in my life. How many of you women know men can be stupid? Okay. I had one lady raise her hand real high. Her, she's sitting by herself. Her husband's not here today, obviously. Verse 6. If we say we have fellowship with him, with God... But we walk in darkness, we lie. 
And we do not practice. We do not live in the truth. What a statement. Now, if I were to say that on a Sunday morning, you'd get offended at me. But we're reading from the Bible what John wrote. Because he said, you don't have to live in darkness, so don't say, well, God put me in darkness and God doesn't want me to know anything. That's not true. God wants to bring light to our lives, even in situations where we don't understand the future. We are in peace because we know we are right where we're supposed to be at that moment and everything's going to be okay. That's why Romans 8 says, all things work together for good. It may look bad, but I can trust God and stay in the light because God's going to turn it around and turn even the bad things into good. That's his nature. That's what he does. So if we have fellowship with God, but we walk in darkness, we're kidding ourselves. We're not being honest. Somewhere along the way, we've lost sight of light. Look at verse 7. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Not just him, but each other. We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Now, let me just take one minute to throw this in. This isn't even in my notes. This is free. This is just extra content, okay? Pause the clock for just a moment. See, it's one thing to believe there's a God. It's one thing to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. It's a whole different thing to commit your life to Him and ask Him to come bring light to your life. It's one thing to believe there's a Savior. It's another thing to accept His Lordship in your life. Two different things. Now, I'm not going to argue and debate about it all day. You can get into Scripture. It's pretty clear. All right? But I want you to see this. 1 Peter chapter 2 says, We have been called out of darkness, out of disorder, into light, into a life of order. See, some of us have been called out of the darkness, but we've never realized that in every situation, God wants to bring us life. He wants to bring us light. He wants us to know where and how to go from here. Why? Because Jesus came to bring order into our lives. And we need to walk out of the darkness and keep following him into the ways of light. Colossians 1.13 says that light delivers us from the power and the bondage of darkness. You see, well, how do I get out of the darkness? How do I get out of the bondage? Keep following the light. The closer you get to Jesus, the brighter things get. That's good. The closer you get to Jesus, the brighter things get. Why? Because he's light. And he came to bring order to our lives. Ephesians 5 tells us we were once in darkness, but now we have light in the Lord. And then Paul tells us in this passage, we're to walk as children of light. What I'm telling you is when Jesus comes, he brings a different lifestyle. We lived in the dark, but now we're living in the light. We used to do the things that were hidden in the dark that were shameful and ugly, but now we're doing things that are above board, that are righteous, that are right, that are clear, that are honest, that are truthful, because that's what light does in our lives. It exposes the evil and it shows us how to walk with God. Jesus comes to bring order to our lives. Not only that, Jesus said we could safely build our lives on his word so that when the storms come, it doesn't destroy us. When the challenges come, our houses and our lives don't fall and collapse because we're built on the rock of his word. And one of the things that Zach and I do from time to time, we talk about a a verse from Psalms. It's one of my favorites. 
as a believer, Psalms 119, 105 says that God's word is a lamp to my feet and it's a light to my path. You know why I keep this close to me? Because it's a lamp to my feet. It shows me where I am. It's a light to my path. It shows me where I need to go next. Now, that's deep, I know. Some of you say, well, man, it's so simple. Let it sink in a minute. It's deep. As we used to say back in the 60s, that's heavy. <laughs> How many remember the 60s? Yeah. No, you don't. I'm talking about the 1960s, not the 2060s. See, there's weight to that. His words are a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The reason I sit down pretty much every day of my life and spend a few minutes in God's word is because I need light. Because I make decisions every day of my life. Not just for the, for the church, for my personal life. And I want order. I want God's order. And it comes from here. It comes from here. God's word is a lamp to our feet. Jesus is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. But Ephesians 1 tells me that when I open up God's word and then I open my heart to the work of his spirit, God begins to enlighten me to all the things he wants to be involved in, all the things he wants to do, not just removing me from the past, but what he wants to do today, what he wants to do tomorrow, what he wants to do the next day. All of a sudden, I realize God is a God of miracles. If he can work that miracle, he can work this miracle, he can work the next miracle, and I just keep walking with God because he's a God of miracles. That's what happens when you walk in the light. He brings order to our lives. You know, there are people who say, oh boy, the Christian life is so hard. You know why people say that? It's because they walked out of the darkness and turned around and all they do is just look back at the darkness. Boy, it's hard to keep going that direction. Well, turn around and look to the light and you can see where you're going. It becomes easy when you walk with Jesus. It becomes easy. Now, I want to move into the last part of this message. I'm going to read a couple more passages real quickly. The third point today is we choose where we live. I choose to live in light or I choose to live in darkness, one or the other. I choose. I'm going to show this to you. Everybody knows John 3:16. I quoted it earlier. God so loved the world. Verse 17. Jesus said, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. Did you know Jesus came to save us? He came to bring us light, to bring our lives into order. He didn't come to destroy us. He came to save us. But if you will, in verse 18 of John 3, here's what it goes on to say. Jesus said this. Listen to these words. He who believes in him, in Jesus, God's son, is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he's not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation. And notice the words. That the light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Men said, he may be the light, but I'm not going to change. I like living in sin. I like the darkness. I like the disorder. I like not knowing where I'm going next. Now you would say, well, that's silly. No, that's what happens in our world. 
when people say no to Jesus. They say, no, I want to stay in the darkness. Now, verse 20, here's what Jesus says. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. And verse 21, but he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. Do I make a choice to follow Jesus? Or I make the choice, nah, I don't want to follow Jesus. I want light? No, I don't want light. I want my life to change. I want it to be beautiful. No, I like me the way I am. We make that decision. Several years ago, had some friends who had three daughters. And one day, the, the two older daughters, who were not yet teenagers, they were still younger, they got into a huge fight, huge fight. And dad had to come into their room and separate them and send one to one room and one to another room and say, now you go to the room, and the room you go to, you sit there for a while and you think about what you just did because this is not acceptable. This is horrible behavior. This is not going to take place in my house. He sent them each to their separate rooms to think about it, waited about 30 minutes, walked into one daughter's room who was very tender-hearted, and he said, okay, what have you decided? She said, I've decided that my behavior is unacceptable, that I was wrong, I was selfish, I was self-centered, and I'm sorry, I apologize, I'll apologize to my sister, I've asked God to forgive me, I was wrong. And he gave her a big hug, walked into the other room. His younger daughter was a little more strong-willed, a little more self-assured, he looked at her and he said, well, I've told you that you need to change, that your behavior is not acceptable. What conclusion have you come to? She looked at her dad and she said, I like me the way I am. And sometimes that's how we are with God. God says, here's the light. Eh, I like me the way I am. Either he's on the throne of my life or he's not. I choose. 2 Corinthians 4 tells us that the God of this world, that's Satan, he blinds people's minds to the truth. Because if their minds were open up, they would realize the truth. They would turn from their sin and they would be made whole by Jesus. Luke 11 Jesus said we can even get our eyes, our vision, so messed up it becomes so dim that we can't even recognize real light. And it comes to the place where we live in darkness and we justify ourselves because we're looking for the wrong thing. It happens. And finally, the very last thought here, closing. I want to look at John chapter 12. One more thing that Jesus said. As you read John's writings throughout his gospel, throughout his epistles, the letters he wrote, John talks a lot about light and darkness. And in John chapter 12, he records what Jesus says. In verse 46, Jesus says, I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. Jesus said, if you'll come and stay with me, you don't have to live in darkness. 
You can have light every day of your life. Verse 47, Jesus said, and if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. But then there's one more verse here I want you to see. Verse 48, Jesus said, he who rejects me and does not receive my words, he has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. See, Jesus says, I brought light. You can accept it or you can reject it. You can have it every single day or you can say, no thanks. You can even believe like the demons. You can believe I'm the son of God, but you, you don't have to commit your life to me. You don't have to accept me as your savior and your Lord. You can walk in your own darkness, but it brings temporary disorder. And if you die in that condition, it brings eternal disorder. See, Jesus said his word, his light, that's what brings judgment our way because we know We've heard, we've seen the truth. Jesus talked in John 11 about men living in darkness. And he said, when you're living in the darkness, you're just stumbling through life. I told you earlier about being in that little village in the northern part of Nepal. After that night when we'd been out walking those hills and that treacherous walk that we went on that was so dangerous, that took so long, didn't know how bad it was till the next morning. And the sun came up and we went out and began to look at where we had been. And I thought, oh my goodness, I can't believe I walked there in the dark. That's what happens when Jesus comes into your life. You say, I can't believe I used to live there. It was so dangerous, so dark, so much disorder when he's called me to this life of order. In closing today, I want to tell you, God loves you, friend. I don't care who you are. I don't care what's going on in your life. God loves you. He cares about you. And he came to take you out of the darkness and into light. He came to bring order to your life. He came to show you the ways of truth, to give you a foundation for life that you can build on that brings blessing, not cursing. But then he gave you choice. He gave you a decision. He didn't have keyboard playing. He didn't have every head bowed, every eye closed. He simply said, follow me. And he turned and kept walking. And the decision had to be made. Will I follow Jesus or not? Will I walk into the light I want to pray today I want to pray two prayers first I want to pray for anybody here who maybe you've never walked into the light you've never embraced the light and said I need Jesus as my Lord and Savior but maybe you're realizing the words of Jesus now I've just been stumbling around in the darkness things need to change God loves you friend he wants to bring light to your world I'm going to ask everybody here to bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm going to pray a prayer, and I'm going to ask you to embrace this prayer and let it be your prayer today. Father, I come to you today, and I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that Jesus came to bring light to my life, order to my world, and give me an opportunity to choose eternity in the light. Today, I choose Jesus as my Savior. 
I choose him to become the Lord of my life. I choose to live in the light. I turn my back on the darkness and I'm going to walk away from it. I'm going to walk into your light. I'm tired of living with disorder. I'm tired of living with hurt and pain. I want the new life in the new world. So I surrender my life to you. I accept Jesus as my Lord, the Savior of my life. I commit my life to you. I will learn your ways. I will follow you. And from this moment, you will be my father, my heavenly father. And I'll be your child following you. Thank you for calling me. Thank you for receiving me. I choose Jesus. I choose light. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. I know there are people in this room, people watching online. You've made that decision today. I'm walking out of the dark and I'm walking into the light. Here's the deal. When you make that decision, it's not the end of the journey. It's just the beginning. You've chosen Jesus. You've chosen light. We want to help you get started walking this journey the rest of your life, the rest of eternity, knowing Jesus. We've got a simple little booklet, a tool we want to give you called The Next Seven Days. It's just to help you in your journey of faith. When service is over today, we'll have prayer teams at the front of the building. They're here to pray with anyone for any need. If you just walk up to one of those teams, and it's just everyday people like you and me. It's husbands and wives for the most part. They'll be there and just say, hey, can I get the booklet? They'll give it to you, no strings attached. If you've got questions, they can answer questions. If you want prayer for something, they're there to help you today. Please let us put this book in your hand. If you're in a really big rush, out in the middle of the lobby where the glass doors are as you exit, right in the middle, there's a counter set up there where you can also get the next seven days, which will help you get started walking with God. Can we put our hands together and welcome new believers into God's family? We're going to dismiss in a few minutes. So everybody hang on because Zach's going to come, give you instructions. But I want to pray one more quick prayer. Because I know some of you are saying, I, I need some light from my life right now. I'm dealing with stuff. He's not just the light when you come to him. He's the light forever and ever and ever. And I want to pray to you, for you today that God will bring light into your situation. Whatever you're dealing with, just lift it in faith. Father, in Jesus' name today, I ask you for every person who's got decisions to make, who needs direction, who needs provision, who needs a miracle in their lives, that as they look to you today, they'll see light. They'll see the way to walk, the way to go next. They'll see what to do in faith. They'll know exactly what you ask of them that leads them into the right pathway. You promise light. We embrace that light. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you today. Oh, it is so good being in church with you today. We're just so glad all of you have been here today. We just have a couple of things we're going to do before we conclude our service. And you know, this is the time in our service when we just want to take a moment and thank you for your continual faithfulness in giving. You see on the screens the different ways in which you can give. If you wish to give in person, you can certainly do that as well. There are offering envelopes on the chair backs and there are giving stations located on the side walls just before you exit the auditorium and another one located in the foyer just before the entrance to our bridge kids area but you know as we give when we bring our tithes and our offerings it really is an act of worship to god and an act of gratitude saying 
Thank you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that Jesus has brought light into my life. But also when we give, it's a way of bringing the light of Jesus into others' lives. Because together our giving is making it possible for us to reach more and more people with the light of Jesus. So remember when you give, every time you give, that's what you're doing. You're bringing the light of Jesus to others. Thank you so much for your faithfulness in giving. And now we just want to fill you in on a few things happening here for the Christmas season. Christmas is always such a special time here at the bridge. First of all, we're excited about our Christmas gift initiative. We've been talking about this over the last few weeks, and we've had uh, people submitting names over the last couple of weeks. This is all about helping families in need, families who are facing financial difficulty in this Christmas season who wouldn't be able to purchase gifts for their children. And so the names have been submitted now, and today is the day where we all have the opportunity to commit to purchasing gifts for these children, to making Christmas their Christmas gifts possible. And one thing we want to remind you about is that we don't do this to be heroes in the children's eyes. We do this to partner with the parents, to set the parents up to be the heroes in their children's lives. And if you would like to be part of making that happen, then we just want to invite you to stop by the counter between the glass doors in the foyer. You'll see the graphic on the screen above the counter that says Christmas Gift Initiative. Stop by there. The commitment is to purchase two gifts per child. And if you would like to be part of that, we'd love to partner with you in that way. All right. And then we have our Christmas services coming up. And we just want to let you know about them now so you can put the times down and make your plans around the Christmas Eve services. Christmas Eve is probably our most favorite night of the year here at the bridge. Our services are always so special. So this year they're happening at 4 o'clock and 530 So invite your family, your friends, and just plan to be here Christmas Eve. And then the very next day, Christmas Day, falls on Sunday this year. And we know that Christmas Day is such a special time for families. Families will be together at home. And so we're doing something a little different this year, and we want to bring our services to you. So Christmas Day services will be online only. They'll be streaming at our normal times, 9.30 and 11.30, or available on demand anytime after that, just like all of our services are. All right, so just giving you a heads up on what is coming. And now today... Day in this Christmas season, what would a Sunday service be without singing a Christmas song together? So as our team comes and gets in place, we want to invite you to stand and sing with us.